This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay in Dunedin, and today I am joined by Birgit Penzenstadler, who is somewhere in Southern California. I forgot to ask exactly where you are. Welcome. Um, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now. I got stuck here traveling. I was supposed to be back in Sweden about one and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago. I'm losing track of time, one of the effects of this. And uh, I went on on a brief trip to visit family and friends here before picking up uh, my lectures in, in Stockholm at Chalmers University, where I currently work. And so that's not happening right now. Well, it is happening. I'm just doing it remotely from Southern California. <laughs> So who is in your bubble and where is your bubble? So we're referring to your safe space as your bubble. Yeah, I like that. Bubble is great. So um, the bubble is fairly small. It's um, I'm at my friend Christy's house who graciously offered me to stay as long as I would like to. <laughs> Christy and her six-year-old son, Smith. And most of the time it's just us. And then every once in a while we have Tom coming over, who is Christy's boyfriend. And we have my boyfriend, Leon, visiting who is also going back and forth and taking care of his daughter. So we keep it to a handful of people that we interact with and we haven't seen anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so you are still working, but your working is already, well, your working is forcibly remote because you're not in Sweden. Yes, precisely. So I'm working completely remote. I'm super lucky that I have a, a job that makes that possible. That's something I'm really grateful for right now. And so I just sit in front of my little 13-inch um, laptop and I record lectures for the students. Funny thing is, most of all, most of us do this on in online meetings right now. Like we give lectures to our students online and then the system crashes and this and that. I decided I cannot give a good lecture from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., which is the time that I would be supposed <laughs> to teach in Sweden right now. I'm like, nope. I'm not doing that to anyone <laughs> and not to myself either. And so I'm recording the videos, putting them up on YouTube. And the funny side effect is that other people start watching them as well. People I've never heard of, people who are not in that university. And sometimes I get a funny comment. So I, I feel really lucky being able to work remotely like that and not even being hindered by the fact that I got stuck traveling somewhere else on the planet. It's an awfully convenient place to get stuck traveling. I will admit that because I was missing the sun so badly. You know, the Swedish winter is really long and dark. So are you... And I did get sunburned on my second day here. I'll have to admit that. 
but by now it's okay. <laughs> so are you allowed out? Uh, yes and no. So we're not completely locked indoors. We are allowed to take little walks around the neighborhood. They just encourage us to not go forever far and to not stay uh, really, really long. But people do see that it's necessary that everybody moves their body a little bit and that we get some fresh air because otherwise we'd go crazy inside. Are you within walking distance of the beach? No. Unfortunately, the beach is on the other side of town. Actually, the beaches are closed. So in um, in the LA area, they've closed most hiking trails and they've all closed all public beaches. So we are limited to literally walking our neighborhood streets. But in the area where I am right now, it's called Highland Park. That is a gorgeous area to walk. So... I realize that I'm very much appreciating a new uh, urban environment uh, that I'm not that familiar with because I've never lived in this area. I've only visited my friend a couple of times, but there's all these hills that you can walk up and down and everybody has a little garden in front of their house and they all look super different from each other. And we are so amazed by every flower that we come across and then walking with a six-year-old is a whole new adventure in itself so there's way more things to explore <laughs> and to find which is super cool because i'm also seeing the world through his eyes and we've had a ton of fun just walking around here and um finding new plants that we didn't know about and harvesting mallow from the front yard which is this little type of weed uh, leafy green that you can actually eat and it tastes super delicious in a salad and if we had not spent that much time just wandering around in the garden and along the streets of the neighbor's gardens, then we wouldn't have found found that. That's and along with that, we're also trying out a bunch of new cooking experiments. Like we came home from actually only one of us go shopping. So Christy came home from the farmer's market and she brought a bunch of carrots, a bunch of this and that. And we thought, oh, like what else could we make of this that we haven't tried before? And I had a hunch that you can do something with carrot tops, the green part of the carrots. And I looked it up online and I found a really good pesto recipe. So I said, all right, let's try this. So we made some pesto from carrot tops with some coconut and lemon in there. And it's pretty delicious. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihira hanui kia koutou, ko tahuahau. I hope you're all having the best day in your most beautiful beloved bubbles. I'm very excited to have some time with you again today from my beautiful beloved bubble. And I've just been having the most wonderful time today filming lots of videos for Orokanui online as part of my role as education officer at Orokanui Eco Sanctuary and today we have been focusing all on scatological evidence and with my wonderful sidekick Hunanamoho, the beautiful stuffed Takahe, because it's Takahe Awareness Month, we've been discovering Pooh's clues in my backyard which of course I have thoroughly enjoyed. And after these amazing videos have been recorded by my beautiful partner, Harvey Penfold, on my phone, I have then been able to send them using my phone to my wonderful colleague, Taylor, who's been able to edit them using his computer. 
and upload them onto our Facebook page for Orokanoi and they can then go out to thousands and thousands of people who of course we're all missing interacting with and we can interact with now in this new way. So this of course has got me thinking about us again as an amazing triumph of nature's work as a species of animal and how as a species of animal we're just so good, we're so brilliant, we're just so exceptionally talented at creating and using tools. And this is a skill which many of our other relations in the animal kingdom possess. We think about the beautiful corvid family, our lovely crows, if we think about the beautiful parrot family, if we think about our closest relatives, the bonobo chimpanzee, you know, many other animal species we're constantly finding are using and creating tools. But really our whole human world that we have created is perhaps the clearest indication and the greatest triumph of our work. And of course, it's the best tool that we can access for serving the real world, the natural world of which we are a part, infinitely connected to all life in a wonderful, supportive web. And so today I've been really enjoying using all the tools at my disposal, not only technological tools, but of course my living toolkit, my beautiful body, doing the wonderful exercise, my bar base online, so that I can get lots of happy chemicals to another part of my toolkit, my amazing brain. And using my amazing brain, of course, to categorize and formulate my perceptions of my reality and my beautiful bubble. And it's been really wonderful today just thinking about how all the tools that we currently have are so helpful to us at this time to enable us to communicate, but also to enable us to perceive ourselves in a new light. It's been wonderful for me to let go of a lot of the limiting stories that I have been perceiving myself through the filter of in terms of what I can and can't do and learning that actually I have great neuroplasticity and I have great abilities to learn new skills quickly in terms of technology and in terms of many other aspects of my life. And of course, with all tools that we use and all tools that we create, we have the potential to use them for positive ends, positive motivations, or we may use them in ways that are unhelpful. And I think at this time, we're in such an exciting and dynamic time of change, we can really be looking at all the tools that we possess from our breath all the way to our, you know, various iPhones and computers and interwebs and internets and all of those things. And we can take right from the present moment right here, right now, all the way back to Timataka, everything that we have now, the product of all life that has ever lived, we can think about how we want to use all these tools to serve the lives that surround us and the lives that are waiting to be born. So I think we're just at such an exciting moment in time right now. And we really hold this beautiful, beautiful gift in our hands, which is the ability to create and use tools to serve the real world, 
the natural world that gives us life. So I hope you've all had a wonderful, wonderful day. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Harvey Penfold has just arrived with Poirot and Hastings the Kittens. So I will sign off now and I'll talk to you again soon. Kakite. So I'm missing swimming because we're not allowed to go mm-hmm. swimming. You have the advantage of being able to do your exercise in place. <laughs> You're referring to yoga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yep, I have gotten my share of exercise in, surprisingly. So, um, first of all, I've still gone running out in the neighborhood around the blocks here. And yes, I am wearing my mask doing that. And yes, it is really hard to breathe that way. <laughs> so I've been doing slow runs, especially as the hills are pretty steep. But it's possible. It's entirely possible. And uh, I'm grateful that I can still do that. And yes, we've been doing yoga here. I've actually recorded yoga classes that we've done here, some of them in the backyard. And this morning, even one in the living room. And uh, I uploaded them on YouTube. So you will also sometimes see a kid running in the background and have him bug his, bug his mommy about something. And we decided to just be okay with that because that's how life is right now. And it's okay. Yoga is being done by real people and kids interrupt you and that's okay. <laughs> An awful- so if you want to look that up on YouTube, go ahead. We'll put a link to it. An awful lot of the gyms have moved online. There's an awful lot of stuff, mm-hmm. in fact, moving online. Things that wasn't possible, apparently, before, but all of a sudden now is. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it would have always been possible. And, well, you know, we people like people connection. So to me, it's more a phenomenon of we're making do with the fact that we can't physically go to the gym and connect with the real people there. We're just going to have to stay at home. And so sudden these new offers come out and um, all of a sudden we can do more home workouts. There is, there is one, uh, one Canadian couple that has put out an offer for workouts from home for years. And they have been pretty successful doing that with very minimalistic equipment. And so I've followed them for a long time. They're called Body Rock. I think that may be an old name by now. Uh, But I love how they encourage people who, for whatever reason, could not uh, do exercise anywhere else to just do it at home in their living room with super basic equipment or no equipment. And now it turns out that a lot of people pick it up and, yep, it works. (laughs) When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you Well, me, I fall in love with you every single day. 
honey, now take me into your loving arms. Kiss me under the light of a thousand stars. Place your head on my beating heart. I'm thinking now. All but gone and my memory fades And the crowds don't remember my name When my hands don't play the strings the same way mm, I know you will still love me the same Cause honey your soul could never grow Are you loving it where you are? I sure am loving it where I am. I am with a set of people that I very much like and appreciate. I sometimes have the feeling if I had to get stuck somewhere, there could have been few better places for me to get stuck at. So I I think we're all very aware of that, the tension that can come up in these situations. And, and we're dealing with it very upfront. So we say, you know what? Even if we're stuck here in this very small space together and right now all of us are getting the wiggles because we've been stuck inside all day, 
let's do something with that. So let's either do a shenanigans dance party in the kitchen or if time permits, let's go out for a little adventure walk just around the next six blocks and, and we'll work through it. So we just try to really communicate about it openly. And I feel that helps a lot. Is that a conscious decision to to manage the the group? Yes, very much so. So I I listened to this podcast by Brené Brown a couple of days ago, and uh, she is a researcher in social sciences at the University of Texas. Uh, she researches a lot of feelings uh, from shame to vulnerability to courage, all those things. And in her new podcast called Unlocking Us, she put out the idea of TFTs, what she calls terrible first times. It's like, well, all of this is happening to the, for the first time to us. So no wonder we feel a sense of overwhelm in between. No wonder it feels like, oh, we won't ever get back to a comfortable place or, or whatever comes up for us. And then a couple of days later, she had posted another episode talking about how by now we're all over the, what she called adrenaline hump. So initially when something big happens, an emergency, everybody gets a bunch of adrenaline. We're like, do things and we help each other. And then over time, because our bodies can't sustain that forever, that energy fizzles out a bit. And then we have to deal with, oh man, now it's getting hard and dreadful. And then we have to, to deal with the emotions that come up with that and that we're getting impatient. And we talked about both of those things in, in our little group, and that has helped us a lot to just work through the emotions that come up and also say, you know what, it's okay when those bad emotions come up, and it's okay to sit with them for a little bit and just feel them and feel that they can't rule us, that we still decide what we choose to do. Rahui Images by Andy Thompson. Providing us with daily inspiration through the camera lens. See Andy's pictures on andythompsonphotography.nz.co.nz Kia ora. Andy Thompson here, COVID-19 Rahui Images, 2nd of April. And this one's are called Wispy Mist, but also there's a couple of photos in here that I've created that have different titles with them. And I kind of ask... How's your artistic bubble going? Are you struggling with the new norm? That's something that uh, I think um, most people will be going through no matter what. And there's kind of a, a real mix between, you know, uh, if you're working or you haven't got work, are you out of work? Um, really feel for those people. And so um, photography is a good way to uh, escape into an artistic world and like I said in one of my blogs it can actually help your observational skills so I really encourage you even just to get out with your phone and give it a crack and take some great photos out there. So uh, interestingly um, this one on this particular blog I put a, uh, uh, a definition of what is photography and I think that this is where the purists may get their feathers a little ruffled but I write by definition photography is the art science and practice of creating pictures by recording light on a light sensitive medium such as a photographic film or electronic image sensor the word photography is based on the greek uh, photos light and graphe representation by means of lines or drawing together they mean drawing with light 
and that is sourced from the Photographic Institute readings, Institute readings um, 2020. So I guess the point of this particular blog is to discuss and point out that photography is art. And that totally spins my wheels in some senses because you gives you license to kind of play. And uh, um, this particular morning when we went out, uh, it was really misty, um, very, very heavy fog. So uh, the first image I've put together is one on the road. Um, and you'll see that actually I've placed the camera on the road using uh, one of the white lines that leads up to myself, which is the subject and the lights in the mist. But also, uh, uh, if you look to the right, there's another image, which is actually, uh, I've really pushed um, in the photographic processing, uh, the light. So it almost looks like a sketch. And so quite different. Um, and I guess, you know, I love it. I love it as art. Um, and and that's what photography is about. And I like these sorts of images. I've produced some of these images um, before and uh, I really like the effect. And uh, it was an image that when it was taken originally didn't really look much, um, pretty boring, but I've pushed the, um, I've pushed the process. And if you remember, um, I don't know whether you, um, you listeners were actually, you were the ones who I used to take my camera into the chemist to get, um, photog uh, to get processed. Well, now we have a lot more artistic license by now being able to process our own images. And when you took your film in, they processed the image. You can't, with a negative, all negatives need processing so uh, when you shoot an image in your camera it's shooting it in a negative and if it's if it's um if it's shooting in raw you're producing a negative so all images have to be processed in some sort of way if you're shooting in jpeg then your negative gets pre um, processed in within your camera and depending on how you've got your camera settings is what you're going to end up with the great thing about shooting in RAW is that actually you can um, you have a lot more uh, information to play with to, and to do things with with your end result. A couple of other things are my tips that I talk about. Um, an artist, uh, it's not just about just snapping the camera. The things you want to uh, keep in mind when you're trying to create an image is have a clearly defined subject and background, a good sense of balance, a degree of simplicity and a point of view. And if you combine all those four things, then you're probably going to come out with a really great image that someone's going to enjoy seeing. Right, hope that helps. Get out there and photograph and uh, spend your time uh, being observant and uh, taking in your local environment and your local bubble. Kia kaha, stay safe, stay well out there. You teach software engineering. Do you think we're learning things? Do you think we're learning things about what people need in terms of computer support? Yes. I, I see that both from the software engineering part and from the yoga teacher part. Um, so... I see from the software engineering part that there are a few very clear technical challenges about robustness and uh, quality of service and reliability and um, a reliability of service while not overusing resources. So also being rational about the, the resources that we end up using with the online solutions we're providing because all of a sudden everybody does everything online and we have a bandwidth problem. Yup, not surprising. 
So that is one share of it, the technical challenges. And the other part that maybe comes in more from the yoga teacher side is to see the limitations that we still have in our technology in terms of real connection in between people and also in terms of haptics and interfaces and that with all the wonderful technological development that we've had it still feels a lot like the human has to adjust themselves to the machine as opposed to the other way around and i would love to see more development in that regard and maybe all of this can can bring some new insights and new inventions for that we just had a staff meeting and people are reporting that they're finding interacting with people all day via the computer is exhausting in a way that yes. just sitting around having a chat with people isn't. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe that to be very true. And I, I probably experienced that the same way. If I was on Zoom all day long, I would be even more exhausted than if I had back-to-back -back meetings all day long uh, in an office building. And I see a couple of reasons for that. First of all, we have to focus a lot on the screen because it transports a reduced amount of information as opposed to sitting in front of each other physically. Um, second, we move less. So we're not even moving from meeting room to meeting room. We're just sitting on our booty in front of that laptop and maybe manage to go to the bathroom in between. And uh, third of all, we're staring into the display even more than usually. We already, many of us already spend too much screen time and this certainly doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I should look at the trees behind the screen instead then. So if I'm looking yes. over there, it says it's not that I'm ignoring you. In fact, I could look, I could just move the camera over <laughs> there and look out, look outside and you would think I was staring into your eyes. <laughs> your research area um, is, is around sustainability. You're mm -hmm. known for software engineering for sustainability. Mm -hmm. Is this, can we learn anything from what's going on for that? Can we learn from what's going on right now for software engineering for sustainability? I believe we can in, in several ways. First of all, this is a, another proof that maybe we needed or maybe we didn't, that sustainability cannot be understood as keeping things the same way or trying to maintain things the same way. Because guess what? Something will change unexpectedly. And um, a lot of us have been kind of wishing the world would slow down a bit, maybe even meditating over it, maybe sometimes complaining to ourselves, oh, I wish the world would slow down. It's just, I feel like I'm in such a hamster wheel. And then the universe goes, snap, here you go, you're welcome. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we don't want it anymore. <laughs> so it seems that uh, this this shift is one that, many of us have been asking for, of course, not in the way that it happened in the sense of there's many sick people, there is people being out of work, and there is there is many people dying. Of course, nobody wanted that. And it gives us a chance to reevaluate some of the things that we took for granted or that we thought were a given and how this world is being run and how it needs to run. Maybe we can question those assumptions and maybe we can find what are the underlying needs that we have that we really want to satisfy? Like, is it about um, making more profit and then being able to buy more things 
or is it really about can we scale back a little and be more content with those little things because I thought I wanted to move around and see as many friends as I possibly could and then I'm realizing as I'm slowing down I'm also experiencing more quality in the time that I do get to spend with people and that doesn't mean I don't appreciate those other friends anymore that I just haven't been able to see right now it just means that I feel we've become so accustomed and and I include myself in that we've become so accustomed in uh, more more over time whether that is more social events or whether that is um, more sports equipment hanging out in the garage or whether that is uh, going traveling frequently that we don't even question whether that's uh, the trajectory that we still want to follow or if we may actually be a ton happier to take things a little bit slower to simplify things more and every time i take a step in that direction i'm like oh this feels so good so while I'm certainly not happy about the fact that I'm kind of locked into that house, I am very happy about the fact that all of a sudden I find time to read that book that I've been wanting to read for a long time. It's a book called Nonviolent Communication. It's by Marshall B. Rosenberg. And I would love for everybody to read this in school for the first time and then every two years. I don't know. It seems like <laughs> such a good book to me. <laughs> so... I find myself um, now putting time into things that were really important to me, but because of an otherwise packed schedule, I kept pushing back. And that's one of the things that I also want to take with me long-term. Like, however this evolves, I don't even want to say it whenever this goes back to normal, because I think it will be an evolution. It will be a progression into something else, not into business as usual from before. Then... What I want to maintain is that focus on the things that really matter to me, as opposed to getting ruled by an external schedule. What do you think we can do now to reinforce those things? Because it's going to be awfully tempting to rush about like crazy things when we mm -hmm. get let out or when it evolves to a point where we're allowed to leave home. Right. My, my favorite part of this is uh, to spend some time educating ourselves teaching ourselves practicing like what are the good practices that i need in my life to stay more centered and yes in part that is the yoga teacher speaking because i know that for me the practices like meditating like doing certain breathing exercises and the yoga stretches help me to stay centered and connected to myself but also from a personal development perspective where i say oh I've now taken the time to read this book about nonviolent communication, and it seems I have so many really good insights from that. Let me keep practicing this with the people in my little bubble while I have the chance to, and we'll kind of turn this into, let's call it, <laughs> communication boot camp. <laughs> Not because it's a strenuous boot camp, but because it's surprisingly difficult to sometimes phrase our requests to the ones that are close to us so that they don't sound like demands or like I'm putting blame on somebody else. So whether, um, whether that is communication as an area of growth or whether that is I want to improve my marketing skills or whether that is I want to really work on how I appear on a stage, whatever things we would like to work on within ourselves, like now is the perfect 
perfect time because now we have more time on our hands than we are used to. And if we can establish those practices right now, whether that is, I'm going to read something inspirational for 10 minutes every single morning, or whether that is, I'm going to listen to a relaxation, uh, sorry, to a relaxing meditation in the evening before I go to bed. Now is a good time to establish those habits. And once they become ingrained enough, I am sure we will see how much benefit we get from them once we move back into, let's say, a closer to what we were used to schedule. Reflection the embers They drew out a map and they showed you direction your sender is far in the east where your heart is at peace when you enter My love is just a reminder find your center My love is just a reminder find your center My love is just a reminder my love is just a reminder, find your center yeah. Well help me recall that first morning, sunlight at dawn And cracks on the floor, well it's so there's a warning Everything's changing, I'll rearrange it So familiar, so amazing Hopped in the car, drove to the mountains Cows in the street, prayer be to accountant There was the river, eternal giver Flowing forever, remember, find your center my love is just a reminder, find your center My love is just a reminder My love is just a reminder, find your center My love is just a reminder if we need to send ourselves a reminder dear me in 2021 these are the things I you told like you that. promised yourself yes 
That is such a good idea. I would love that. I uh, shall sit down tonight and <laughs> write that. <laughs> and maybe we maybe we even need two of those. I remind I remember hearing of an email service. I don't know if it still exists, but it was something called a letter to yourself. And I'll have to look up whether it's still around there. It was an online portal that allowed you to send a message to yourself and to specify a date for when you wanted to receive that message. And I think that will be a very cool thing to do right now. And even if I put it in a letter to myself in a physical letter and then um, make sure I put a big date on it for when, when I'm supposed to open it and put a reminder in the calendar that I have to, to not forget to do that. Put I really in, like that idea. Put it in with the Christmas decorations or something. Yes, that's a good way. One with the Christmas decoration and one with the Easter decoration for next year because Easter's coming up. If you celebrate or not, if you have decoration or not, that might also be a good place to hide it. Liesel <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown. Well, hi there, bubble bubble folk out there, bubble bubble folk. <laughs> Coming at you from this uh, crazy bubble folkette, folk person. How do you say singular of folk? I guess just person. Anyway, it's Liesl here. And, uh, uh, hi from the bubble, from the zoo loftia, looking down on the urban streets of Dunedin and enjoying actually how few people are around um, on the roads. Uh, there's, there's been a few cars and things, but I think in general Dunedin folk are doing good. I think we're doing a really good job of staying indoors and looking after each other. Looking after ourselves, looking after each other. It's a, it's a two-way thing. And um, if you're not sure about looking after other people, think about looking after yourself and that's taking care of the other people bit as well. I think a bit like Jacinda said, you know, if you're not sure of the rules, if you're not sure what to do, then just consider yourself already infected with the COVID virus and um, and that way you'll behave in a way that's thoughtful towards other people. Hopefully, hopefully that's your guidelines. Yeah, because that's sort of what I wanted to talk about today was um, kindness. Oh, kindness, I love kindness. I think it's one of my favourite things actually because it is... It is the juice that that totally powers up all good things. It doesn't matter actually how other people are going to respond to you. If you are kind, you know you've done the right thing. And that in itself is, is a good vibe. But more often than not, if you are genuinely kind to another human being, they will often return the vibe. They will often be kind in return. And... Um, I think we are actually programmed more more so for kindness I think than anything else. I know that violence is a problem. I know violence is a problem, but I think that violence is sort of a it's a funny one. It's a reactive state as is kindness I get in, guess in some ways, but I think um, with kindness you get so much sort of productive output. Violence tends to just make things a whole lot more nasty feeling. Anyway, before I go down that rabbit warren of violence versus kindness let's stick with kindness I 
I'm an advocate of kindness, as you may have already heard. <laughs> uh, and I think that one of the key things about this kind of um, lockdown situation in our bubbles is that it's really going to test our kindness because we're all a little bit close to the edge. Like, I mean, how often, when has this sort of happened where the entire world is sort of uh, linked together by the same sort of epidemic, well the same, not epidemic, it's a pandemic, but by the same, you know, stress at the same time. I guess the world wars were something maybe that was a similar kind of um, everyone feeling sort of connected, but I think this is even more so in the sense that it really doesn't leave anyone kind of out at all. And I think that um, that is a very unusual situation because when you're stressed, um, often the other people around you um, can give you a little bit of um, little bit of kindness because maybe it's a stress at work or it's a stress with a particular person or you know various stresses that we have in our lives but we can usually look to someone else who's not stressed to help us out whereas this is a situation where we're all under the same sort of pressure and so being kind is super important because it doesn't take much for us to kind of flip over the edge with the tiniest things you know I found just very small things that would not normally upset me suddenly sending me into oh this is terrible, why, why, why? And I'm thinking, gosh, that wasn't really that bad. <laughs> why am I reacting so strongly to this? And it's, you know, just we're all under a bit of pressure. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people around you. Give everyone a little bit of space knowing that everyone is feeling a very similar way. And if we can be kind, it definitely helps. It helps you feel better and it helps the people around you. When you're in a bubble where you might have some people that are just not that fun to be around after a few days of pretty close contact, kindness is the way to go. So let's see how that rolls out. That's going to be my challenge to you all. Be kind and um, that may be the magic that glues us all together. So hopefully that's what I'm that's what I'm aiming for anyway hey that's me for today and hope you're taking care and take care of others and we'll we've got this okay till next time so I have some questions to end with which you will recognize some of because we've stolen them from sustainable lens <laughs> what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years In the last couple of years, I've learned that it's actually not impossible to bridge uh, in between being a dedicated yoga teacher and uh, being a computer science educator at the university. And that the students can benefit a lot from that if they choose to. And many, many have chosen to, um, to give it a try and to then let me know later on, oh, this, this was really helpful. Thank you. So it was more understanding that I needed to be able to make that bridge in my head for it to become a reality. Is it two separate practices or do you see it as two facets of the same thing? Ooh, I've never thought about it that way. So I would say that yoga or any other mindfulness practice for that matter can bring benefit to any other practice whatever you're doing in your life being a yoga teacher and being a software engineering educator both of them require a certain amount of creativity where i guide students to and encourage them to explore themselves 
in one area, it's explore themselves in the ways how they design software and exploring those designs. And in the other area, it's to explore their relationship with their body and with their breath and to understand how certain patterns of the mind influence their emotions. So yes, there are some parallels that I've never thought about. I like the fact that that last sentence you said, I'd missed the start of it and I couldn't work out which one you're talking about. <laughs> That's great. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So okay. what's your superpower? My superpower is to hold space for other people. Wherever you are, whether you're full of anxiety, whether you're super angry, or whether you're just super sad and your world is falling apart right now, I'll be here for you. I'll listen to you. I'll hold you. And I will not walk away. You'll be okay. Do you think that message is coming through strongly enough? I'm seeing quite a lot of messages from different institutions, academic institutions, and it's an awful lot about this is how we're moving online. But perhaps not so much mm -hmm. about the, yeah, we know this is tough, mm -hmm. but, but we'll get through it. Yes. I happen to be an adjunct professor at another university, so I'm currently getting messages from three universities about all this. And one of them, and I won't say which one, um, one of them is very much about, we know this is tough and you're doing a great job and carry this forward and we can do this. And the other ones, not so much. And I think part of that is due to everybody of us is struggling at some particular level. And it takes an extra level of awareness to say, I am struggling and I am here serving as a role model for my students or for my staff or for my team. And let me reach out to them and make sure they know that I'm there for them and that I recognize it's tough. And maybe even, maybe I can even admit I recognize it's tough because guess what? I'm finding it tough too. And I'm here for you. So yeah, I think we can do a better job at communicating that. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yes. Are you getting opportunities I, to do that? Yes, I am. So in, in this current situation, I, I am choosing to reach out to a lot of people that I didn't even dare to reach out to with, with some of the offers, with some of these online yoga classes because I don't want to ever push these things on anybody. I do want to make sure that people know it's there and that they can make use of those resources if they wish. So some people who see activism in, say, in a stronger connotation with uh, going up on the barricades and speaking out against something they don't want right now, I'm not as active in doing that. I am very active in going up on the barricades and speaking to the people that I believe may benefit from a message that encourages them to take better care of themselves in whatever way that looks like. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Love. It sounds 
very plain, maybe. It's love for all the beauty around us. It is love for the people that I'm close with. It is love for the nature that I see outside every single day. At the moment, I sit on, on this little porch in front of Christie's house on, um, on a bench, Hollywood swing bench, and I meditate a little bit. And then I sit out there a little longer because there are some hummingbirds crisscrossing and I could watch those for hours and it makes <laughs> me so ridiculously happy. <laughs> and so I feel that as long as I'm connected to that love inside myself and the source for that is just really inside myself. It's nothing that comes from outside. That's how long I can keep going. And if that love wasn't there anymore, then I guess you might as well burn me because then I probably died and didn't notice. So love is the ruling principle of the universe in my understanding, in my head, and I wouldn't want it any other way. In the middle of all the disruption that we're seeing, there are some good social changes happening beyond the the personal things that we might be doing of the things that you're seeing what do you think will stick or perhaps what do you hope will stick i see a lot of uh, neighbors supporting each other so i've heard from quite a few people that they now know the neighbors that they didn't know before because all of a sudden we're more local we're not roaming around as much, uh, we're staying closer to home. And that means it gives us the time to even open up to those neighbors and to realize, oh, wait, it is important to know my neighbors. And yeah, they're, they're actually really nice people. I just never took the time to meet any of them. So I believe we can find uh, stronger local communities again. That also includes things like farmer's market and so on, because all of a sudden we become so aware of disrupted delivery chains that we understand, oh, it's not only a socially good thing that I wanted to do anyways to support my local farmers, it also is a way safer source of food for me because they are just around the corner. So I hope that one will stick. And then a newly found appreciation for our healthcare workers. I have a couple of doctors as friends and they are always awfully overworked and it seems they just don't get enough uh, respect or they don't get enough appreciation for their work their schedules are horrible and the same for nurses i know and i really hope that this will bring longer lasting change in our healthcare system not just them the supermarket workers the whole supply yes, chain everybody who we rely on i saw that really good post on twitter a couple of days ago that said um and now our lives depend on all the people that we uh, didn't want to pay $15 an hour. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Trust yourself. It's a super basic thing that I come back to over and over again in many, in many challenges of my life. It does come back to if we trust ourselves, if we trust in our ability to figure things out and in our ability to move forward, then that creates a drive and a motivation that is not going to be curbed. So trust yourself. Thank you very much for joining me. You're most welcome. It was my pleasure.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook too. The team is me, Samuel Mann, Shane Gallagher and Mawira Karatai. I've been on my own today in Sawyer's Bay, but with Birgit Penzenstadler, who is in Los Angeles, although she's normally in Sweden. We have contributions from Tahu McKenzie, Andy Thompson and Liesl Mitchell. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.